My guest on the Courage Wolf podcast today is originally from Sendai, Japan, and she currently lives in Tokyo. Natsune Oki came to the United States at the age of 18 to finish her university education in business and economics, even though, as she tells it, her English was terrible. Natsune has a passion for self-mastery and wasn't going to let a little thing like not being able to speak the language get in her way of earning her degree in business and economics. Join me today for a great conversation with a young woman who is light years ahead of most people her age in maturity and wisdom. I think this courage really comes from the fact that ultimately I don't dwell a lot on how people think about me and that includes my failure but also that includes my success. When you realize who you are by being tested, that's when you find your ultimate happiness. Welcome to the Courage Wolf Podcast, where we share with you powerful stories of courage and inspiration to help you live a successful life of courage and freedom. We'll speak with people from all walks of life who have overcome challenges and struggles while bringing to light the solutions and inspiration they found to help take back control of their lives. Now, please welcome the host of the Courage Wolf podcast, Terry Oliver. Natsune Oki was one of the very first people to contact me about being on the podcast through our guest submission form on our website. I was very excited because this showed me the possibility of reaching guests and listeners from around the world. I've had a few conversations with Natsune, and I'm very impressed with her and with a lot of the things that she's told me, one of which is one of her favorite phrases, which is, the world is not about you, which a lot of people have yet to learn. Natsune is the host and producer of Life Up Education TV and is the author of The Game of Self-Domination, which is a very comprehensive book about self-mastery. The subtitle of the book is The 15 Most Practical Steps to Self-Mastery and Achieving Anything You Want. Natsune is dedicated to teaching people how to love themselves first and how to find success after that. Now, I want to talk about a lot of things with Natsune, so let's dive right into it and welcome her to the podcast. Hello, Natsune. We finally made it to the podcast. I'm honored to have you as a guest and to spend some time with you today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Terry. Well, thank you. So let's dive right into the podcast, shall we? Yes, please. If I were to have a conversation with most people in our society, and I were to ask them what their definition of success was, the majority of people would say a nice house, a good job, kids, cars, toys, and a lot of money in the bank. Now, I may be wrong, but somehow I don't think those are the answers that I would get if I asked you the same question. Natsune, what's your definition of success? This is a really nice question. Actually, this is a big, big question. It's never a destination for me. Like, I don't have this, like, one set of goal or the success that I'm trying to just get to. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's accumulation of just the overall score of the experience I have in my life, like, overall. Like, if I have more moments where I can feel grateful, more moments I can feel appreciation, more moments I can feel love, giving abundance, like those positive feelings, more than the negative things, then the overall score, like if we look at the macro score of how rich my life is, 
if I can maximize that positive feeling versus negative feeling, I call that as success in the end of the day. Realistically, material success is not very important to you, is it? I don't have any judgments for it. I am very much aware that what I think only is applicable for my life. I have no interest in telling people what they should believe in. And quite frankly, in the same manner, like I really don't care what you see as success. But for me personally, I think material things, as long as they can add and contribute to the richness of my life, if I can add that experience where essentially that enriches my life experience, then I think that's also success too. But the materials themselves don't have to be the success. Now, in our conversations, you've impressed me as a very positive and grounded person. Was that something that you developed on your own or did that come from your family and from your upbringing? I think the answer is a little bit of both, but definitely as far as like, you know, nature versus nurture, like the nature part definitely comes from the fact that I had a really, really positive dad and he's also an entrepreneur. I remember he always told me, like, if you don't try, you're not going to have any chance of achieving something. But as long as you try something, you will always at least have a chance. I think that attitude, don't be afraid of failure. As long as you try, you still have a chance. That was like repeatedly taught to me from my dad. So that attitude definitely contributed in how I was going to see life moving forward having that influence in me, having that perspective of like, let's not be afraid, let's try. And then also my like natural, like entrepreneurial spirit always pushed me somehow to the direction that seemed very unstable at the time, but more adventurous, more fun, more exciting. And then when you take on this kind of path, it's necessary that you go through some hardship because you're taking a path of unknown. And I think those times really made me stronger. And those times really taught me how to be positive when there's uncertainty, when there's no reason to be positive. Because it's out of necessity, you have to gain that perspective in order for you to rise. Now, Natsune, I'm sure your mom factored into the equations as well, didn't she? What else did you learn from your parents that's become a part of you? I didn't come from any rich family. We were okay for me, like a middle class kind of family. That's why like, I really saw both of my parents working really, really hard. Maybe this is an extreme statement to make, but I think it definitely showed me how to work hard. The concept of working really hard and not be entitled didn't easily for me because that's what I think I saw in my parents. Are your parents still with us? Yes, yeah, both of them are in Japan. That's great. And what are their names? My dad's name is Nobuyoshi, and then my mom's name is Keiko. Great. Well, a big shout out to your parents. That's fantastic. Thank you. Super Japanese name. It's maybe hard to pronounce. <laughs> That's why I said big shout out to your parents. <laughs> it's funny. I asked you for the name and then when you pronounced them, I thought, "Uh oh, I'm in trouble here. So <laughs> I better just say her parents. <laughs> so all of these things and more, I'm sure, drove you to the United States to complete your education in business and economics. How old were you when you came to the States? I went there as soon as I finished high school. So I was 18 years old. Now, I'm sure there's some great universities in Japan. Why come to the States? Why come to the U.S. for your education? It wasn't so much of a goal that I wanted to finish education in the United States or go to university in the United States. I just knew that I had to go out of 
Japan. I had to go out of my country at some point. I already knew it from, since I was really, really young. I'm talking about like five, six, seven. Like at the time, I already knew that I had to do it. This was something that I had to check off of my list. I just never had the courage to do that. And then 18 years old, when that came, it kind of became more obvious and vivid answer to me as I was approaching to like become more adult because until I was 18, I kind of felt like I wasn't succeeding in this society. Mm-hmm. But I also knew somehow in myself, there was a world out there where I probably feel more okay to be who I am. I was already like pretty like expressive person. I like to explore things. I had my own opinion. I was curious by nature, like all these great things that wasn't really encouraged in the Japanese education system. I kind of had a hint. It felt like it was something that could be appreciated from America or even like just outside of Japan. And I had like English teachers. Usually I got along very, very well with like international people. Mm -hmm. So I just had to try it out. And when I graduated from high school, it was really scary, but it just felt like I couldn't put this off any longer because if I didn't do it at that time, I probably wouldn't even do it later on in my life. Well, that's quite an adventure at 18 coming to the States to study. Which university did you end up going to? I went to Pacific Lutheran University. It's a private school in Washington State. I went there because it was a really nice school and the classroom felt really small. And actually, I went to two-year college before transferring. And it's like a regular route for any international students to do that. And then I transferred into PLU. Now, you told me in one of our conversations that you didn't speak much English when you got to the States. How did you get through school? Well, it was really hard. Yeah, I didn't speak English at all first when I landed there. But I did go to this like language school for a few months and then I got into the school. First it was really hard. I just try to make friends in the class and then try to like study with them or something like that. There was this one class I still remember I took. It was so hard. I think it was called Evolutionary Thought of Pseudo Economics, where we would study literature topics about economics from like 50, 60 years ago, even 100 years ago. Like It was really, really hard because the language that they used was completely different from the current language too. Yeah, it was really intense. Like I said, it definitely added some intellect in the way I think today. Very good. So you had to learn pretty quickly, didn't you? It was hard, but I think if I compare that with how I had to find a job in the American market where at the time I didn't even have a degree, I didn't even speak English. I didn't even have a long-term visa. So I think that was 1,000 times harder than having to go through the university. That's an a, when you finished school, you stayed in the U.S. and worked on your career. What did you do in the U.S.? I had two periods where I was going to school, but there was like a period in between the school. And I decided to go out and get the real world experience. But at the time, I was already like curious. And actually, it turned out it was one of the best decisions I've ever made, like ever. Because eventually what I was able to do was I started getting this like internship at University of Washington. At the time, UW had this program. They had this like coursing space for startups, so tech entrepreneurs. It's just the university providing some resources for those startup companies, like young entrepreneurs. I was able to get into the door to the Seattle tech entrepreneurial community at that time. 
eventually I got myself in and then started working in the, like a marketing capacity of places like co-working space and just like startup incubator. I had a lot of interactions daily with entrepreneurs and investors who are working on the future using the power of technology. And what really made me impressed about them was that, I mean, of course, it's a business, so you do have to have the skill of, you know, thinking about money. In the same degree, like they were beyond that. Like they were thinking about how exciting it is to create the future. And then they really wanted to see the possibility of the humanity using technology. And that really fascinated me. And that made me decide to pursue further degree in economics. Economics has a space for people. It considers a little bit about education, a little bit about technology, politics. So it's more rounded study area, serving to people more than money. One of the things I saw in myself that I had to train was that I needed to learn how to think ahead. Like I needed to learn what is needed for the humanity in order for us to make advancement. And I was ready to take up another challenge. You know, at the time, I already had like two challenges so far, right? Like I went from Japan to America, yes. uh, finished the degree and then decided to compete in American working environment, like got the job and, you know, worked with entrepreneurs, investors and turn out like it actually became the period where it showed me overall mission of what I want in my life, which translated into the idea that I'm doing today, Life Up Education TV, which we can get into later. So I decided to move from Washington State to Florida, and I moved to Miami because Miami was like the ultimate destination. I love Miami. I went there like so many times. The same situation. I didn't have a place to live. This time, I could speak English, and then I had the degree. Basically, I didn't have even place to live. I didn't know no one. I was just really excited to just building something up. All my life has been about building something I eventually found a job, like a business consulting company, and I was doing marketing as I was doing before. And I got into like more digital side. So I, I did the digital marketing, but also just general like business console. After that, I decided to come back to Japan. It was time for me to like really explore my own venture. So I had my clothing brand going on at the time. And then it just made sense for me to go alone because I wanted to explore my own venture. Mm -hmm. So that's how I founded the Foreign Connect because I was already selling the American services, which is what I do with the business agency that I have right now. And I wanted to have brands underneath my company. So that's why like, I formed it into one big venture. I called it Foreign Connect. At the same time, I also had this understanding of the power of media even as a business person. So I always envision myself to be a media person, media-facing person. So that's how I started Life Up Education TV. And actually, I put a lot of thoughts into like, what can I do? Like, what can I deliver to the world? Like, what is meaningful thing to do to the world? And it all kind of like came together as a concept of Life Up Education TV. So not only that I have this ambition of like wanting to be media person, but really I found a way to connect my mission and my passion with a strategy like using a media. So that's how Life Up Education TV was born. And then ever since then, I've been running Foreign Connect and Life Up Education TV. When do you find the time to sleep? I sleep like a lot every day. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you're on the run every day. 
not really. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of things to do every day, but I like that feeling of always doing something rather than not doing anything. Now, before we get into talking about some of these things like Life App Education TV, tell us how you describe yourself, Natsune. Yeah, this is a big question once again. And I think one of the obvious answers I can definitely give out is that, as you can probably tell from my life story, is pretty courageous person. I think this courage really comes from the fact that ultimately I don't dwell a lot on how people think about me. And that includes my failure, but also that includes my success. Ultimately, I understand that my success don't mean anything to you, nor my failure don't mean anything to you. And that's how it should be. Like people got their own shit. Knowing that really like helps me to be who I am today. Uh, Yesterday, I had another person ask me, what would be the one word that if they ask one of my close friends, like if, if they ask my best friend, like what would be the one word I say often? And I think for some reason, I was thinking about this question when you said it. And I think uh, my answer I said was, it's your fault. Why I use it? Because I know that accountability allows us to be ultimately happy. I say this a lot to my best friend. He's also an entrepreneur and he knows that it is his fault. He has that capacity to take ownership and accountability uh, to whatever happens to him. And it doesn't work if you tell this to people who don't have that same mindset. Mm -hmm. But when you're a leader, you just don't have any other choice. You have to have this mindset if you want to succeed hard things happen to you. And if you keep pointing finger at someone else, that's not going to allow you to have control. That's the bottom line. That's something that I have as a mindset. That you're totally accountable for what you do. Yeah. Injustices happen in life, you know, like sometimes it's not your fault, but because I'm always looking out for solution, I'm always looking out for what can we do. Like I, I know that maybe some things are unfair, But then as long as we keep dwelling on that unfairness, we can't produce anything. What matters is how much are you willing to change the situation? What can you do? And because I want to default this thinking into my foundation, that's why my word that comes out of my mouth is it's your fault. So what would you describe as your purpose in life right now? I think I'm getting a lot of big questions today. I ask tough questions. I ask very tough questions. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, my purpose in life, in one word, I would say Life Up Education TV, also by the idea that I'm promoting with Life Up Education TV, and which I can tell you what the idea is. So Life Up Education TV talks about the ultimate possibility of humanity mm-hmm. in the perspective of arts and science. And I can break it down why I come up with this statement. Earlier, I talked about this period where I was able to work very closely with tech entrepreneurs and investors who were working on the future. What that period taught me the most was how excited I am about thinking about creating a future. And when I think about creating a future, I instantly go to this place of like advancement of the humanity and the ultimate possibility of humanity. And so you're talking about creating a future, not only for yourself, but for humanity, correct? All humanity, yes. It's just a really exciting idea because if you think about it, everything we have today, including this phone, the apps, even the podcast, everything we have today is literally man-made. It's always starting from a crazy idea. It's always starts from idea, just an idea. The idea comes from the imagination, the human's creativity we haven't even experienced. So if the imagination is something we haven't experienced, 
Then the opposite of that is data, the history, the knowledge that we already have experienced. So the future is imagination, something we haven't experienced. The history is the data and the knowledge we have already experienced. And when we think about it like that, the future is already inside of us, within us as a potential. It's just a matter of unlocking the humanity. And I think the degree of advancement and the progress we can make on the humanity is exactly equivalent to the degree of how much we can unlock this potential that we already attain as creativity. When we think about that, I think what matters here really is encouraging people to unlock that creativity in their own way. And what do I mean by this? At each individual level, in order for us to unlock the true potential, the creativity we have inside of us, what we need is to give them a lot of the tool that they can unlock this creativity. And I find the tool essentially to be things like self-love, like abundance, something that they feel full. And then when they feel full, their creativity can be like maximized because they're not looking for like surviving. Now they're ready to create something. I want to be talking to each person about self-love, self-esteem, confidence, things that put them into abundance mindset. If we can maximize the potential of each individual person, as a whole, we can make a bigger progress in the humanity. My goal with Life Up Education TV is for us to create the macro progress in the society level. I want to be talking to each individual person about self-love, confidence, and anything that to do with abundance mindset. And this was the purpose for you creating Life Up Education TV in the first place, was it? Yes. Now, how long have you been doing this for, and why did you start to do it in the first place? I've been doing about two years. Why did I do this the first place? A little bit of that is a strategy. I do have this great idea, but then coming from a business background, I also understand media as a strategy level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do have this idea. So Life Up Education TV, I just literally just do it as a strategy also. Like I, I have this idea now, I have to like put it out. I understand the power of media, like what media does for a business too. Natsune, in one of our conversations, you told me essentially that you want to teach young people how to achieve their goals and succeed without all the normal excuses. Is this correct? Can you explain a little bit about that, please? I think it's not only limited to young people, but I think it's for anyone. I think the best way I describe it, I would describe it as ultimate happiness is according to ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle. He was saying what the definition of the ultimate happiness is, which sticks with me a lot. And actually something that I talk about in my book. He described it as virtue activity of the soul. And basically what that means is your virtues are tested throughout your life. And then you become who you meant to become by being tested in the journey called life. And then when you realize who you are by being tested, that's when you find your ultimate happiness because you are becoming who you truly meant to be. When you look at it like that, the only reason I push people to pursue their passion, the only reason I do so is because I want people to be happy ultimately. But I think happiness has to do with picking the right battle. You pick a challenge for yourself that you want to be taking that allows you to grow into the person you want to become. There will be mistakes. There will be hardships. There will be rejections and failure pursuing this journey that you choose. Hardships is what you live for because in the end of the day, those things really shape you for you to be ready to 
get to the ultimate happiness. These things are tests that you have to overcome. And only by overcoming them, you realize your true happiness. Where can people find this channel? Where can people find Life Up Education TV? I'm everywhere. I'm on YouTube. And people, of course, go to my website, lifeupeducationtv.com. You can also search by my name, Nasune Oki, and something will come up on the web. YouTube, in the other, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Those are the media or the social that I'm on. Well, you are everywhere, aren't you? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely amazing. And you said you post on Instagram three times a day? Yeah, between three to five. I'm trying to post more, though. <laughs> well, I tell you, every time I open Instagram, <laughs> you're there. <laughs> you are there, and that's when Aoki is there. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I do have a book. It's called The Game of Self-Domination. It is available on Amazon and also on my website. Fantastic. And I have that book, by the way. And we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. Thank you so much. Wow, this is so amazing. I love the book. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire. The Courage Wolf podcast is inspiring listeners in countries all over the world. And they have a private Facebook group to help people through their challenges. Head on over to the Courage Wolf Facebook group and join the pack. Now, I want to talk about something that you said to me in one of our conversations. You talked about achieving through emotions instead of through logic, because logically, we stop ourselves, don't we? So what did you mean by that? So in my book, I talk about how someone can create mental transformation in three different phases. Emotion, I see it as very important throughout, but also especially in the first phase. So first phase, I talk about how one can create a dream that they can commit to. In the second phase, the perseverance, I talk about how it's not about managing your task. It's about managing your mind. And what I mean by that is to use high sense of emotional intelligence, super important when you are persevering on your dream. Using emotion is super, super important, especially when it comes to creating a dream, a goal that you want to commit to. And then in terms of persevering to achieve the dream, now what's more important is having a high sense of emotional intelligence. And that's something that fits into what some of the greatest writers in the world have talked about before. Napoleon Hill has a book called Think and Grow Rich, and he talks about the importance of emotion. And if you don't put emotion into something that you're trying to achieve, his theory is that you'll never achieve it. I agree. Now, this fits in totally with developing a proper mindset to achieve your goals. One of the most important things in this mindset is that we have to look to achieve through filling ourselves with the emotion of achieving our goals. Too many people just make goals and put them on paper and miss the most vital component, don't they? Yes, I agree with you. One of the things I talk about so often, especially like lately, is that I think we rely a lot on emotions, yes. That's like the overall foundation of what needs to happen in order for someone to persevere. But also what I pay very close attention to lately is the commitment. Like a lot of people lack of discipline too. And I think essentially those discipline and this willingness you do by a choice, you push yourself, you bring yourself to commit to something. I mean, it gets hard. And I think what pulls you up during those hard times is that emotion, knowing why, exactly why you want something. Absolutely. It's about managing your mind. You can't just expect you're going to feel like it all the time because you're not going to feel like it every day, all the time. 
part of it is um, discipline like that. You can overcome those little breakdown moments where you just don't feel like doing it. What you need to have in order for you to push through those moments, like I said, is the emotion. And we're going to get to one of my most favorite parts. You have a complete system for achieving the proper mindset and any goals that you want to achieve, don't you? And that's when we're going to talk about your book now. The Game of Self-Domination, the 15 most practical steps to self-mastery and achieving anything that you want. Now, one of the goals of the book, and it's right at the start is, and I love this, we will create the life you don't need to escape from, the life you cannot wait to wake up to. I think this is a fantastic goal to start the book. Thank you. This was like the most exciting goal. And you're creating the life that you cannot wait to wake up to, aren't you? Yeah, every day. (laughs) Congratulations and good for you. Thank you. Now, tell us, why did you write the book? I never really had this ambition of like, one day I'm going to be an author and write a book. It started from me being a business person. I understand that the customers decide. What I'm pushing is the idea, Life Up Education TV, as an idea, the idea behind the Life Up Education TV, which is really to encourage people, empower people, and how to gain self-love, self-confidence, things that in, in that nature, in the quest to maximize the ultimate possibility for the humanity. I had to get to book because I know that some people learn from reading. Others might like watching them. Others might like listening to them. I can't decide how you should consume my content. The consumers decide. That's how I got into the book. Who should read this book? I would say really anyone who wants to make something new to happen. What I can say is also who this book is not for. The first group this book is not for is people who are looking for the answer, the ultimate answer that makes them happy. Only after they have this secret, their life all of a sudden somehow turn into this like miracle, wonderful life, happily ever after. That's not this book is intended for. People who are willing to work will benefit from this book. But people who are looking for just a secret, this book is not for you. This book is nor for the people who, let's keep it real people. And then the cynical people who assume that nothing is possible to achieve, this book is not for you. Now, one of the things that you say right at the start of the book is that a happy life actually takes work. Why do you say that? Is it because some people expect happiness to just happen? guilty of this too before we assume that there's this like point in life that all of a sudden somehow makes us happy like for example the other day i made a video about bill gates melinda gates and then um ellen and there's another influencer called james charles what happened to them bill gates maybe a lot of people know but he got divorced recently right and ellen and not to like gossip or anything but I'm, i just wanted to give you perspective so that's why i'm giving this like example the moral of this story is we somehow assume that just because Bill Gates has been like the world's richest person, if I had the things that Bill Gates does have, I would never have a reason to feel sad, you know? But in reality, like no matter how much stuff you have, they still go through hardships in their own way. And back to your question, people expect happiness to happen. I, I think we overrate this default thinking of if we get to somewhere I'm going to be ultimately good and I'm going to be happy ever after. It's actually not going to work like that. There's a lot of young folks, especially, who struggle with this. No matter how much stuff you have, nothing is really guaranteed in life. I think one of the secrets that we eventually learn in life is that a happy life is the work, not the proceeds that come from the work, but a happy life is doing the work that we love doing. 
Natsune, would you allow me to read the paragraph from your book that outlines the purpose of the whole book, please? Yes, please. Thank you. Here I go. This book will teach you to craft a fundamental, courageous, and winning attitude that allows you to pursue any goals in your life. It will develop inside of you a strong resilience to push through the ups and downs of life's journey. It will help you find ultimate joys in all the processes along the way, showing you what success can look like in your life. To do this, we will cover each of these points through three phases of mental transformation. Now, the book is divided into three phases, the first phase being momentum and overcoming your fear. Can you tell us briefly about that section, please? The first phase, all I talk about is emotional building. And I think in order for someone to commit to a goal, it takes momentum. What often stops people from making this commitment is fear. We're going to talk about both of them. The second phase of the book is faith and resilience. Can you tell us a little bit about that section, please? So the second phase, all I focus is resilience. Essentially, what I come to find out is that in this resilience phase, you have to have very good sense of self-awareness. We talk about that in a very like deep sense. Another thing you need is high level of emotional intelligence. What's different from the first phase to the second phase is that emotional is very important in the first phase. And now it's becoming like a mix of logic and emotion. Because in the perseverance phase, you do have to understand what the failure or rejections mean in logical sense. Like they don't have to always be emotional experience. If you actually understand what the failure and rejections are, you can gain the understanding of so how can I pivot from here? Whereas a lot of people take it as very personal, emotional experience so that they just quit. So we talk about that. And the third phase is achievement and reflection. Tell us about that phase, please. So in the third phase, really, I speak about in the end of the day, what is really happiness? Why are we even here? I end my book really like deeply understanding what matters in life, which is happiness. Now, I have to tell our listeners that this book is 362 pages of pure gold. When did you find the time to write this? Right around when I started writing. That's when the COVID was starting. So it gave me plenty of time. So it took me about six months to finish the book, but I put in three to four months full-time work on this. Everything just came in a perfect timing. Well, congratulations. It's a fantastic book. There are so many life lessons in your book and also specific action plans for people to follow. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a wonderful book. Thank you. Now, if you had to pick, let's say, two pieces of advice for people starting out in their lives who want to achieve and be successful, what would they be? I think first and most, you have to understand that you're so young. Somehow we are so threatened by the concept of time. You can literally uh, not succeed the next 10 years. Since we're talking to specifically young people right now, you can literally not succeed the next 10 years. Like everything you do fail, it goes to fail. You're still going to be so young. You have to understand that. The second thing I would say, for any age, having this unconditional love for yourself, if Everyone else in this world gives up on you. You have to be the last in mind and never give up on yourself. It doesn't matter what age, as long as you have this kind of mindset, at the end of the day, you still have a chance. I think coming back to what we said about my dad, like how he taught me this, but at the end of the day, as long as you have the chance, you still have a chance to win. And I love the part you said about having the courage to love yourself as well. It takes a lot of people a long time to just learn 
to like themselves and then to love themselves after that, doesn't it? It does. Also, before I forget, I want to mention this. I do have a blog post that talks about useful life insights for young and older people. So if you go to lifeupeducationtv.com in a blog session, you will see a blog with a bunch of videos also organized by the age. And then you can kind of see different life insights that I have for this age. Is there anything that you have planned coming up that you'd like us to know about? Yes. So I have been doing Ask an Ask for a while. Now I really want to open this discussion to the public to like start taking more real questions, like law questions from the audience. So Ask an Ask is five to ten minute show that I put out on my YouTube where I take people's questions about life and mindset, business, marketing, whatever, whatever it might be and then answer them. So if anyone is interested in asking me a question, you can also sign up to join the group on Facebook and then ask me anything you want. And then you can find that page from my website, lifeupeducationtv.com. And there is a tab that says live Q&A. And then you will see the kind of question you can ask on there. And then there's a button for the Facebook group that I have. So if you can join that group, you can ask me anything. Perfect. You might find a question from me on there one day too. Yeah, please. Natsune, where can people find Life Up Education TV and what can they expect to see when they do find it? You can find it on my website, lifeupeducationtv.com. If you search up Life Up Education TV or Natsune Oki, it should come up. And on my website, you will have about page where I describe like why I made Life Up Education TV, which we also covered earlier, uh, but more in detail. And then my book, section you can learn more about what the book is about exactly you will see my speaking topics what kind of things that i talk about i also recently made two pages one of which i already mentioned i have a hot topic tab uh, so in there i list things like nft is pretty hot right now for me so things like that like new things that i'm talking in the channel there's also another thing live q a people asking questions from there so all the shows is on there literally everything i put out on the internet is on the Life Up Education TV. And I'm pretty active on social media as well. So YouTube, definitely check it out. And TikTok, I'm pretty active. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and LinkedIn. I know you've mentioned it before, but where can people buy the book, The Game of Self-Domination? You can search it on the Amazon, The Game of Self-Domination. Or if you can't find it, there's a link on my website under the book tab where you can buy directly from there. And also there's a link for Amazon as well from that page. Perfect. And to our listeners, if you're looking for a system for achieving your goals, I think this book is brilliant. Thank you. Natsune, would you consider coming back on the podcast in the future and letting us know what you're accomplishing down the road? Yes, I'll be honored to come back. Natsune Oki, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for spending the time with me and our listeners on the Courage Wolf podcast. You are one amazing person. Thank you so much, Terry. I feel the same about you. Thank you very much. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Courage Wolf podcast. This is so much fun. I get to talk to some truly great people like Natsune Oki. My thanks to all of you who've taken the time to listen and to those who've taken the time to promote the podcast on your social media. I truly appreciate it. Be sure to listen to the Thursday episode called Coffee with the Courage Wolf, where I discuss some of the things that we talked about today. If you have any questions you'd like to ask me for the podcast, send them to me at terry at thecouragewolf.com. And if you have any questions for Natsune Oki specifically, you can send them to her at 
you can come to my lifeupeducationtv.com website and then there's a contact page and you can reach me from there. One of the things that we're accomplishing with the Courage Wolf podcast is we're building a community to help people through their challenges. We're building a community that will help a lot of people in the long run. We're all here for each other. Together is better. So join the pack. Brothers and sisters, this is Terry Oliver signing off until Thursday. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Courage Wolf podcast. For more stories of courage and inspiration, subscribe and listen to us every week. Be sure to head on over to thecouragewolf.com to join our Facebook group, sign up for our email list, and find more information and resources to help you feed your own Courage Wolf. 